Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, my name is Erica. I work at OnDeck and I am leading international expansion. We are building education programs for creators and founders and people who want to get to the next level in their careers. I'm based in Paris in France. When I quit my previous job, one of the careers I considered was going into venture capital and investing. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to, and because we're being like super honest about stuff, but like I spoke to somebody who was a headhunter for, yeah. for VC firms. Yeah. And when I talked to her, this person told me in some other words, but basically what she said was that I was too nice. Mm. And she said, you know, your attitude, your whole vibe and who you are, like the venture capital industry needs that. And I think that is the future. Like it's very, today is very male, very masculine energy. But today, if you really want to get a job in a VC firm, you're going to have to be more assertive, less ah. nice, more aggressive, because you need to convince them that you will be able to close deals. You know, <laughs> what's funny about that is that today I'm able to invest tiny tickets in so many companies that take my little money just because they want me in their cap table, because mm-hmm. they want me to be involved and they want to, they want me to help them. Right. And so yeah. I am already negotiating. It just doesn't look the way that you think it should look, right? And the funny part was that that person wasn't like, you should change. She was like, I'm with you and I see your value and I think you're amazing, but I don't think the industry will see it. Yeah. Right? And that was such a hard thing for me to hear, you know? That was so hard. And I was like, because in my head, my next career move was going, like becoming a venture capitalist. But then I was like, you know what? F that. Like, I don't know if we can curse in this podcast. Yeah, do it, (laughs) do it. I was like, fuck that part of my French. (laughs) Um, And and moved on to something else. But yeah, I don't know. That was a lot of like going around in circles. But basically for me, the biggest takeaways was assume good intentions. And people are most likely not out to get you. They're just too wrapped up in their own world, mm-hmm. thinking about their own problems to even consider what the other person is going through. And the second thing is you don't have to work with everybody. It doesn't have to work out with everybody. Like that's a book that I'm actually reading right now, The Courage to be Disliked. Wow. I've never even heard of that book, The Courage to be Disliked. 
Yeah, it's a kind of philosophic book and I'm really in the beginning, but what I'm hoping to get out of it is something I was thinking about earlier this year is that, you know, I love working on myself. I love like getting better as a person, but I am so afraid of criticism. Like not that mm. I like I will take it badly. If you if you give me feedback, I will take it well. But I am just so afraid mm-hmm. that like I'm not good enough, that I'm not lovable, that I it's just and and I'm thinking, well, if you want to get better, if you want people to like be able to tell you things, you have to not be scared of it. You have to be, if anything, like super open to people yeah. telling you like, you know what? Like you can do this differently and it's not like saying like you're ugly or you're stupid or anything. If anything, people telling you, like giving you feedback is compliment to how much they love you and, and how much they want you to do better. Hi, I'm Sarah Dempsey. I am the head of social media marketing at Official. We are a relationship app for couples to improve their relationship. I'm based in New York City. So when it comes to marketing, I am best at kind of crazy ideas. I really like finding a weird idea that we're not sure if it'll work or not, but really putting my all into it and seeing how we can take the brand and connect it with our target audience in a unique way. So it will engage the audience. TikTok is a really easy way to do that because of the quick nature of it and how easy it is for people to like and share and how great TikTok is at finding the correct audience and serving it to the correct people. For the TikTok in particular, our goal with it was to really just explain official to people that may be interested. And the way to hook on TikTok is a really great intro. And the one for the TikTok that I had made that originally went viral was stop scrolling if you're in a relationship. And that pretty much instantly hooks anyone who's in a relationship because it's direct call to action just to stop doing what you're doing immediately and watch this. And even people who weren't in relationships were continuing to watch through and try to figure out, wait, why can't I watch this video? I'm not in a relationship, but I want to know what's going on. Uh, And that's kind of a trend that's been popular on TikTok the stop scrolling if you're this type of person or keep scrolling if you aren't this type of person. Uh, So kind of taking these trends and morphing them into something that works for your brand is really important and something that's worked really well for me and official. What goes through your day-to-day research? Like what blogs do you look at or books do you read? How do you kind of uh, gain intel to be the best you can be as a marketer for a startup company? Sure. I spend a lot of time looking through Twitter. Honestly, I wish I had a more advanced knowledge base that I went to, uh, but I follow all my favorite bloggers and journalists on Twitter. And uh, when they share their content, that is the easiest way for me to see what's there, see what's available, and get to it quickly. Um, Twitter is just a great place for me to kind of organize my wants out of media. I have a lot of bookmarked threads from Twitter. I love that people have been posting more threads lately. They're so helpful and they're so digestible. It's a great way to get information quickly. 
And for those of you who may not know what a Twitter thread is, it's like, I feel like it's almost like the new new. It's like a little mini essay in tweets. And so people just like bulk up tweets back to back and you could click on the first tweet and then it drops down to all these other tweets connected to it little. And they're usually tutorials on something or action steps and something that you could bookmark and then utilize in your research. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's such a digestible form of media that is easy to use. And I've seen people take long blog posts and break it down into their bullet pointed summary in a thread. And it's just the easiest way that I can get knowledge quickly. And I really love using Twitter for that purpose. Hey, this is Angel Forte of Mermaid Lion Entertainment. I am one of the co-founders along with my husband, Gaza. Our company highlights voices of color in creating entertainment podcasting. You might know them as scripted podcasts or audio dramas. We're right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Something that you said in the previous conversation, I'm just going to reiterate that now. And that is there's room for all of us to win. And that is something, a mantra that I need to keep reminding myself of that I can still be authentically me. I can still hold on to my ethics. I can still do what I think is right and have that greater level of compassion and expect to have the results that I feel I deserve or beyond that, the results I want, right? What I truly, truly want out of giving myself in this way or sharing myself in this way, whatever product it is that I so choose to put out there. So. My number one thing is to always do right by others. And mm-hmm. if it is not something that I want my daughter to know that I did, then I'm probably yeah. going to try to not do that because it is important that I am a representation of truth and honor at all times for my children. I say children because I have a bonus baby too. He's grown, but <laughs> I don't want them to ever hear a story of me that would cause them to feel shame. So that's in business as well. What if someone came and told a story about how I double crossed them or cheated them or did something? I wasn't transparent in my business dealings. That is not something that I want to travel or or a brand that I want to build. So it's very important to me, even if it takes me longer, or even if I missed the opportunity because I didn't sell myself in that, you know, I don't want to you know, be crass, but sometimes it's a very nasty way mm-hmm. that you have to put yourself out there or on top of someone else or being over comparative. And that's not necessary for me. So it's just being honest in what I do and do it well. And like you yeah. said, do what you love. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a religious person, but I believe in a connection with the universe, whatever that means. Half the time, I don't even know what it means to me, really. The consequence of feeling that way is I feel that my daily life is in service to the universe. I have a privilege to, I don't know how to say it. Like I was privileged to have certain talents or certain abilities. And if I don't share that, I am not serving the reason why I'm here, if that makes sense. Even though I'm not religious, like... It makes perfect sense. It's the idea. So it's hard for me to say that I'm religious because I don't behave within the constructs of religion, but I definitely identify as Christian, right? So 
There's one story, a parable in the Bible about burying your talents. And I interpret it as burying what you're called to do here on this earth. Like your talents are not yours. Mm-hmm, like, that. They're not yours. So you don't have the right to bury them. You almost you don't have the right to be victim to imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. That's not who you are. That's not who we're called to be. We're all royal, right? We're all gods and goddesses in a sense. And if you don't own that, you're selling yourself short. So you have mm-hmm. to walk, like you said, within your talent and be willing to share it. If you know you have it, you should share it. Who are you saving? By sharing that, which is often the truth. And we think it's so small sometimes and it doesn't matter, but it could have been a very pivotal moment in someone else's life that you shared that thing and it helped them. It kept them here with us. It -hmm. kept them above ground. It it stopped depression in its, you know, tracks, all of those things. So I I definitely agree. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.